I'm Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Reddick. And we are thrilled to be with you for our maiden episode, maiden yeah. voyage. Yeah, maiden voyage. Of, of the people, of the people, by the people, and of course. For the people. For the people. Um, welcome. Thanks for joining us. You, you know, there is so much we want to start with. I don't even know where to begin, but I believe that there is a arraignment and an indictment. So we're talking about President Donald Trump, who's being indicted in New York City mm -hmm. for apparently paying and not admitting to paying for, um, so what's her name, Stormy Daniels? Yeah. It's a hell of a name, Stormy, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> in New York City. Yeah, well, my understanding, what, what I believe he's being accused of is actually campaign finance violations. Because he didn't declare, so she made a campaign contribution? Actually, I mean, if he did what they say he did, he made the contribution, don't you think? <laughs> so I definitely don't think we can say that <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> okay. So our, fir our first bleep of the show. So, look, look yeah, on a serious note, Let's, let's let's get serious. So there's an yeah. article out yeah. regarding this whole what I would call debacle in American yeah. history, sort of a black stain on American history. This yeah. is be the jo first time. Joking aside. All joking aside, because um, it's a very serious thing. Yeah. All joking aside, there is a stain on American history. Mm -hmm. This is the first former U.S. president who is being indicted on questionable charges. Right. I mean, let I mean, let's be clear. Number one. The Manhattan District Attorney, the prior one, Cyrus Vance, ref investigated, refused to press charges. The U.S. Attorney's Office, I'm sorry, the uh, federal government, the uh, Department of Justice refused to press charges, yep. and it's really more, the campaign finance would really be a federal uh, violation. So along comes District Attorney Bragg, who sees that this is really, pr let's prosecute the president. Right. Now, the, sa the same guy who doesn't want to prosecute um, car theft, Aggravated felonies, robberies, assaults, rapes. That guy. No, yes. no, that guy. Yeah. Right. So, but here's my point that I want to really sort of launch into here. Beyond anything else in all of this is, have we now become a banana republic, right? There's an article in American Mind that says we've now become a banana republic. And to set the stage, regardless of party, because this really has nothing to do with Trump anymore, this is what Trump represents. Mm -hmm. And a banana republic has a tin pot dictator. The rules change. There's no rule of law doesn't, doesn't really apply. Right? And what do they pass other than taking out the competition from Joe Biden, assuming that President Biden runs? We're now politicizing to the nth degree the, uh, the apparatus in government. And we're changing rules in the middle. That's right. Right? So Yep, you've got you've got uh, executive branch who is legislating with a pen and paper, right? So uh, I, I'm Joe Biden, and I'm going to just over you know surpass the Congress well, by just writing an executive stuff. order, right? right? So when we're talking, when you say banana republic, there's there's so many layers in addition to this Trump indictment. There's no respect for separation of powers anymore. Uh, Congress has obfuscated all of its responsibilities to the executive branch or the judicial branch. You've got a, a justice system that is now seemingly geared toward political ends rather than whether or not things are constitutional. You have the Fed destroying the dollar, destroying our 
place as the world kind of leader, right? And, and now we're seeing this absolute erroneous, ridiculous prosecution of a former president. So you're basically saying we have a lot of other problems that take precedent, which I would which I would agree with. Well, I just feel like this is is this the end of the road? Like is this the is this the last nail in the coffin that makes us a banana republic? What what else could they do to just kind of dissolve the American experiment at this point? So I think you got to start at basics, right? The okay. basic is this is so not about Donald Trump anymore. Right. This is about the system, right? We talk about American exceptionalism and basically the simple understanding, American exceptionalism is about individual freedoms and liberties and that the government is not allowed to change the rules in the middle and there's supposed to be one set of laws for everybody. So my question really is, right? Yeah. So Bill Clinton pays Paula Jones $850,000 to, right in in a lawsuit, yeah. by the way, nobody's raiding his office, and Hun that was rape. That oh, I don't know if we're allowed to say the R word, but that was a forcible. Uh, Bill Clinton forced allegedly forced himself on that person. That, the, the, that is correct. The Donald Trump situation was consensual, right? So but, it's even worse. Agreed, but let's but it's still do the laws apply? to everyone. Right. So so you have Nancy Pelosi's husband yep. who buys and sells stock before legislation making a lot of money. You have Diane Feinstein, Senator Diane Feinstein who now it turns out has employed a Chinese spy as her driver for 6 years. And is you you have Bill and Hillary Clinton the the origins of of you know, gra the, the original grifters in Washington. Yep. There could be such a thing. And you he stooped an intern right. in the Oval Office. Um, actually, it was supposedly outside the Oval Office on the backside, but that's a whole different issue. But here's, and then you've got people like Congressman Eric Swalwell, who who did who did bang bang with Fang Fang, right? Another sort of, um, I mean, how Chinese many? spy. No, but here's my question okay. though: Do the laws apply? Aren't the laws supposed to apply to everyone? No. So the yes. laws apply to everyone, except Donald Trump. Or and and again, it 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 doesn't matter about Trump. I mean, it does, and I hope he defends himself. That's fine, but it doesn't matter. The question is, you either have one set of laws for everyone, or we don't. And the truth is, look, you have a Congress who passes laws that apply to us, but not to them. Um, to our listeners, I hope you all understand, Congress doesn't have the same health care that you and I have. That's right. The laws they pass for health care, or Obamacare, or whatever they want to call it, Yeah. Don't apply to Congress. They have their own laws. Yeah. They have their own health care. They have their own pension system. So, separate and apart from yours, right. or separate and apart from Social Security and Medicaid, that is protected from right. their own predations. It it is outrageous. It really is. It makes me sick. You, look, and, and Democrats should be mad about this, right? You said it's not about Donald Trump. Uh, you it's can not about hate. Donald Trump. You can hate Donald Trump, the man, and recognize that what is happening is absolutely wrong, absolutely ridiculous, and nonsense. You can you can think what he did was immoral. You can right. think what he did was wrong. You can think it's gross. You can think he's a dirtbag. You can think all of the things you want, but at the end of the day. 
the Stormy Daniels even took back what she said. I think she's even come out and recanted her story that she was paid off. So Michael Cohen, uh, already convicted liar, says some stuff, and we're supposed to take that guy's word. Well, look, we're, we're politicizing sex, right? That's what this. That's mm. what this is. This is. This is. Look, let's go back to the Clinton days and the and the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Right. Right. So, regardless of what Clinton did or didn't do, we basically and look. I'm one of those people that wanted Clinton to be impeached because I wanted the mark on his record, but did it rise to the level that he should have been removed from office? In my opinion, no. Now we're taking the next step where we are going after a political leader out of office because we don't like his politics. Mm. And by the way, so Donald Trump has now come out and said, look, it's not about me, it's about you, meaning they're coming after us. And that's really a lot of what this is. There are... There are people, good people on both sides of the aisle, but most of the people belong to a single party that's trying to protect in Washington their prerogative, their money, mm. their access yes, to power. And look, Donald Trump is clearly a controversial figure, and the man is one thing, and I will say as an aside, whether you support Trump or not, I have never seen a public figure take this much incoming fire in seven years and still be standing. That's a good point. It, it, is, it is unfathomable to Look, me. It's because all of his problems and character defects were already baked into the cake. Right. He's been in public life forever. So he's been he's, a public figure, exactly, not in public life. He's been right. a public figure. So he's right. been this playboy, New York builder magnet guy, and you know all the rappers are singing about him, or rapping about him, I guess. You know, this is a person who's, you know, got Trump stakes and Trump University and Trump Tower and Trump, you know, like. Would that make him a narcissist? I, yeah, probably. <laughs> but like, we've seen interviews. Everybody saw the weirdo interview where he was like, my daughter's hot. And like, yo, the, again, the, the, the dysfunction of Donald Trump was baked into the cake. And so. I think that was the mistake that the media made was that they thought if they were brought up all these salacious things that people like you and I might think are immoral or a problem, that it would damage him. And what it's really done in the eyes of the American people is they don't see him as an elitist from New York anymore. They see him as the everyman. They see themselves exactly in right. him. And that was a real, I think that was a real misstep from the media if they wanted to take him down a peg. Right, no, I, look, I agree. Look, President Obama, you know, accused most of the country of clinging to their guns and their religion, mm. right? And what that really, and, and it, it was said with such disdain yeah. for the average American. So along comes Donald Trump, who gave voice to those people, let's call them the middle class, who felt that they weren't heard, who felt that Washington no longer represented them. Because the truth of the matter is, the larger the federal government gets, the less freedoms we have. You can look at Ronald Reagan's last speech. That's what's in there. It's mm. the same thing. The, we are supposed to tell the government what to do, not the other way around. So we now have this huge behemoth government who's now been weaponized to go after a former president. Because I want to stay with that topic yep. about the banana republic. Because a banana republic is where there's a tin pot dictator that can change rules in the middle and apply them retroactively. And the thing of this country is, not only are we a nation of laws, as I say to them, I'm blue in the face. There's supposed to be laws that are easily understood that we know ahead of time. So that if you transgress a law, 
and it's supposed to apply the same to everyone, we've already established it clearly isn't. If you transgress the law, then you then there's a penalty. Mm. We're now politicizing or weaponizing, as the case may be, uh, as they say, the tools of government or the, the um, mm-hmm. bureaus of government, whether it's the FBI or it's the Department of Justice or it's the IRS who's gonna show up at your door if you're Matt Taibbi while you're testifying to Congress, right? So the precedent, you know, the Democrats I think will, well, the Democrats I don't think frankly ever regret anything, but uh, my personal opinion is that they'll regret this one just like they did, they, re- they, they changed the rules to elect a Supreme Court justice used to require two thirds of the Senate. Mm-hmm. They changed it to a simple majority. And then along comes Donald Trump and appoints not one, not two, but three Supreme Court justices. Likewise, so now we're going to get to the point, did you just like, are you, are you making fun of me? No, I'm making right. faces, okay, she's uh, making for, faces for our listeners because I, this- how, Wait, how are you making faces for listeners? Because if they're listening, they can't I know, see your they face. can't, well, that's what I'm saying. For the listeners, I'm making like a ha, 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 ha face because that is like, <laughs> if, there is, if there is anything more important than the um, appointment of the Supreme Court that the president, I mean, obviously everything that the president does in theory is important because he's the president. But to me, one of the most important jobs he has is to get good constitutional originalist judges appointed to the Supreme Court. Because when you have judges like Sotomayor, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they start legislating from the bench. And that is, again, a contribution to a banana republic. If the judicial system doesn't work and cannot be trusted, we don't have a country anymore. People don't understand. That is what differentiates us from every other country in the world, is there is an understanding and a belief and a trust that people will be treated the same, that people will be treated fairly, that you're not having to make bribes to start a business or you know these things. And so, Oh, I get so fired up about this topic, Robert, because the 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 rule of law and the trust in it is really, I feel like, the foundation of the country. Of course, it, uh, it, it absolutely is the foundation yeah. of the country. We are a nation of laws. If you want to change or transform the nation, change the laws. If you want to change the laws, get rid of the people who enforce the laws. And I, I mean, we're, if we're really going to go down this road, right? First, you go after man's laws, then you go after God's laws. That's but right. I, I want to stay with the banana republic okay. concept because, yeah. because it really, the country was founded on three things, mm-hmm. as enumerated by the Declaration of Independence: these inalienable rights, right? Mm-hmm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it's liberty, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, freedom. Mm-hmm of religion, yep. that's why they came here. So you're, we're prosecuting now a former president for essentially a misdemeanor by a, and by the way, it's not even the um, attorney general of the state of New York, she's too busy going after the NRA, of course, Letitia James. <laughs> that's um, another conversation. Right. <laughs> um, so you have Alvin Bragg, who's the Man- Manhattan District Attorney, yeah. going after Donald Trump. And I forget who said this, but a grand jury, if given any information, would indict a ham sandwich. So it's not really a question as to whether or not. Well, it's true. Um, and, and understand, folks, an indictment just says there's enough um, evidence oh. for a trial. So, And, un- and oh. unlike Nancy Pelosi, former Speaker Pelosi, it is not 
guilty until proven innocent. Donald Trump does not have to go to trial to prove his innocence. He is supposed to have the presumption of innocence. And they have to prove it. And they have to prove he's guilty. So I think, can you repeat that? I just, I don't know why I didn't. The ham sandwich part? No, no, no. Well, I mean, that was pretty (laughs) funny. But no, I didn't realize that. An indictment, all it means is there's evidence enough to prosecute possibly. Well, actually, all an indictment really needs, a grand jury indictment, is that the grand jury saw a certain amount of evidence and they believe that it's warranted, a trial is warranted, and therefore to be brought up on charges. It doesn't, it's not, there's no proof, there's no cast of spell eye, so there's none of that. So this isn't like, because there's not like, there's, I think this is really important for people to actually understand. Agreed. So there's not like lawyers in there debating and like, and like really having it out like you see in a trial. Well, the grand jury, well, first of all, it's the grand jury proceedings are secretive, so you don't really, you know, unless you're in there. But, okay. there, are, but there are lawyers for both sides that are presenting evidence and, and countering evidence. At okay. the end of the day, the grand jury retires, considers the evidence, and then determines whether or not there's enough information for trial. Okay. Essentially what this is, yeah. this is an impeachment. When you impeach a president, all it is is it says there's enough information. Impeachment doesn't remove them from office. The House right. impeaches... Okay. And then they transfer the trial to the Senate. The, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court presides over the Senate. Folks, if you haven't learned your civics, this is all going to be new to you. Yeah. But hopefully not. So likewise, impeachment is like an indictment at the federal level or within the government, really. Yeah. You impeach the president or you can impeach an officer, you know, a senator or whomever. Okay. And, and then it goes to the Senate for a trial. An indictment just says the grand jury thinks there's enough evidence. And now it's going to go to trial and again, you look at all the different politicians who have come out of that says that this is um, an abomination because of the political aspect of it. If you want to go mm. down this slippery slope, look, I understand mm. why people don't like Donald Trump. I'm from New Jersey. I know 100 guys from Queens who are like Donald Trump. They're all like that. They are loud. They are braggadocious. Know, they, they, they're braggadocious. Arrogant. And, and, and I understand why people might have a problem with that. And certainly his personality, I get that. But we are setting a precedent to try a former president on a minor misdemeanor charge, a technicality on a campaign finance law. I mean, look, I understand they couldn't get Al Capone on anything substantive, so what did they do? They got him on process. They they got him on tax tax evasion. evasion. As the accountant in the room, you you know about that, right? (laughs) They got him on tax evasion. So it's the same thing. So there, this is, let's get Donald Trump at any cost. Mm. And like I said, this has, at this point, this is so far beyond just Donald Trump. This is about the country we live in going down the road. And even Bill Maher, that died in the wool liberal, who's now, by the way, in the conservative wing of the Democratic Party, <laughs> if he's there at all, said, I don't want to live in a country where all we do is go after our ex-presidents to bring up charges. And that's what it, what we're going to be. So, so yeah. folks, even even Jimmy Dore, who's a total leftist, like way left wing, is right. saying the same thing. Right. So that's when when Bill Maher and Jimmy Dore agree with Robert Turnin and Erica Reddick. Uh, By the way, I'm Robert. Uh, the, the 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 pigs might be flying outside. I'm not sure. Um, hell may have frozen over. Look, it's it's. I'd say to people, I don't care who's in the White House. It's our house. It's the people's house. And what they're really trying to do, in my opinion, is tell the American people that their elections 
don't matter. You can't now elect who, so you can elect who you want, you just can't elect someone like Donald Trump or someone who is going to upset mm. the status quo in Washington, which is all about power and money. That's right. Now look, we're getting flagged, which I mean, think means we're out of time. Yeah. So folks. We're gonna go to break. We're gonna go to break. Thank you for joining us on Of The People. Stay tuned, I promise you, we will be right back. Tired of seeing your rights stripped away by the politicians in Washington who don't care about you or me? Do you feel like a red dot in a pond of blue dots and feel disconnected? It's time to get connected. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is fighting back to restore America. Get connected. Go to ASICFund.org. That's A-C-E-K-F-U-N-D.org to learn more. Do it now. Hello, and welcome back to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Reddick. And we are back for yet another episode of News, Politics, and a Large Dose of Irreverence. Massive. Massive. Massive dose. So, huge. A huge, huge dose. Um, huge. That would be, that's, a Donald, that's the Donald Trump I, thing, right? You know, huge? in the first section, we were talking about Donald Trump. I was just, I was channeling the energy. So I don't want to talk about Donald Trump in this section, but okay. I do want to talk about, not necessarily the Banana Republic, but mm. things that pertain to government and being of the people. Mm. Let's talk Twitter. Can mm. we talk Twitter for a second? <laughs> because look, one of the foundational principles is liberty, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of information. Freedom of association. Freedom of association. So it has now been disclosed, thank you Elon Musk, mm -hmm. that Twitter's algorithm can be manipulated by the government when they want it to. There's an article, and lo and behold, there's the article. I have it handy that says that the government has had the ability to reach into Twitter to manipulate the algorithms when they don't like the information that's coming out or, or to prevent a tweet from uh, becoming viral. So this is pure and simple censorship along the lines of Brave New World, yep. Aldous Huxley, George Orwell, 1984. What do you think about that? Uh, it's terrifying to be totally honest with you. It is absolutely terrifying because we, when Donald Trump would say that the press is the enemy of the people, right. um, you know, everyone attacked him and, oh, you're making enemies and you're doing this. But I think- Fake news. Fake news, fake news. right? I mean, it's not just about MSNBC. It's not just about CNN. It's about what are we reading on our social media platforms? How do we access our media in these conversations? And Twitter is, by and large, the political town square. It's where the politicians and the pundits are all having conversations and getting their their message out. And if and Robert, if if this is if the, if what this man if what this you know research has found is true, which it is, then. It literally is just a propaganda wing of the Democratic Party. Correct. I will. The one thing I will say is I'm angry, mm. but it's also, folks, it's confirmation that we're being lied to, right? We're not crazy. Uh, well, well, maybe not certifiable. Not certifiable. But look, 
Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, got in front of Congress and said, we do not manipulate the algorithm, which I guess technically is true because he's not manipulating it, the government is, right? And it's now proof positive that they're gaming the system, right? So going back to COVID, right? We were told COVID was a lot of things that clearly wasn't. We were told the vaccines were clearly, you know, certain things that they weren't. We were told that masks work mm. and they and they clearly now proven that they don't. So they controlled all the information that had any challenging scientific studies that did not comport with, which were line up with That's right. the government's narrative. So the government is controlling the information. Then they tell you to stay at home and then make you rely on the internet to get information. And now it's proof positive that they're controlling what we hear or more importantly, what we don't hear. Yeah. So I guess I'm not really um, outraged as much as it's confirmation. And the question is, it's another form of censorship. It's another form of proof positive of what the government is doing. And it comes down to American exceptionalism. The larger government gets, the less freedom, individual freedoms we have. And isn't really that what this is all about? This yeah. is about either we're gonna tell the government what to do, or at this point, the government's gonna tell us what to do. And that's not the country that I grew up in. Yeah. And that's not the country that this was, that, that uh, was founded in 1776, more importantly in 1787 with the Constitution. I think it's important to highlight for our listeners that what this also demonstrates is that the government thinks that you're stupid. They think that you can't be trusted to make decisions for yourself, for your family. Uh, you, you cannot be trusted to make medical decisions. You cannot be trusted to discern information. And what you really need is for us to take care of you. And I think, I think everyone, Democrats especially, should feel very insulted. The Democrats should be insulted? Yes. Why just the Democrats? Because they're taught, we already know they think we're stupid, okay? They told us we're clinging to our guns and our religion and whatever. We already know that they think we're stupid, deplorables and all the other names that they call us. But this demonstrates that they think their own voters are stupid. So I have a slightly different perspective on that. Yeah. I don't think they think we're stupid. I think they're scared. Mm. I think the people in power are scared. I mean, if you go back and you look at Brexit and you look at the rise of Bolsonaro in, in um, mm, Brazil, Brazil, if you even uh, Silvio Berlusconi, right, in, in, in Italy, it was, the, it was a populist movement. And mm. I think it scared them to death yeah. that someone like Donald Trump could give voices to the middle class, to Main Street America, and challenge the power base. Because let's be clear, this is all about power and money. Mm. This is just one iteration. This is just one aspect of what they're doing because they're scared. That's why, to me, not to bring this back to the first section on, on, on Trump and why they're bringing him up on charges, but to me, it's just another indication that they're scared of everyday Americans because ultimately, I don't know if we're going to storm the Bastille, although I think we're getting close. Uh, I think it is the, that they're scared of the American people. I don't think they think we're stupid. Mm. Um, I think that they're keeping us so preoccupied with paycheck to paycheck living, with mm. trying to deal with family issues, with trying to earn a living, with trying to raise our family, with trying to challenge CRT in schools or make sure that parents know what's going on. I think there's so many things they're trying to keep us busy with. They don't think we're stupid necessarily. 
I think they are scared and therefore they want to control the message mm. because, again, you know, I, as you and I talked about before the show started, you know, this whole thing with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, I love this. Folks, when you, this next, time, next time you hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, remember what it really means. It means division, elitism, and intolerance. That's what they're doing to us. So this whole Twitter thing is just one more confirmation that the government doesn't mm. trust us. The government thinks they know better for us. And the real question I want to ask all of our listeners, mm. I'll ask you too, but I already know your answer, which is, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right? So we're ASIC, American Center for Education and Knowledge. We think it's time to fight back. I'm not advocating, and we're certainly not advocating uh, guns on the streets, but get involved in your community. That's get involved right. at the local level. Get involved at the state level. Get involved anywhere you can. Make, make a donation somewhere, great. Whatever it is, one thing I can tell you for sure, the system, the government, the country was founded on civic participation, but they're trying to keep us too busy just making a living and taking care of our family so we don't have time to do yeah. this. And this whole Twitter thing is just proof positive. I think one of the things that, a, a common refrain that I heard running for office last year was, oh, I, you know, I don't pay attention to any of that. Right. I don't watch the news. I don't vote. I don't participate in politics because it's all just too much. And what I would say to those folks is, right. You know, you might want to stay out of politics, but politics doesn't want to stay out of your life. They are they are coming for you and they're going to take your stuff and they're going to interfere with your life, whether you like it or not. And your religion. And your religion. So you you may not think that you have time to participate on your, you know, going to your city council meetings, um, volunteering to be on a committee or a commission in your town or your county. But the way I see it is you don't not have time because they're going to continue to make these crazy decisions that are going to affect your life and you're going to have to continue to mitigate, stretch, give up more of what you earn, give up more freedoms forever and ever and ever until the end of time, until they take everything from you. And so if... And we'll all get to wear burlap sacks. It'll be great. Because, because it'll be, it'll be, I look good. I look good in burlap, don't you think? I think I look good in burlap. Uh, you know, brown. Personally. I could see brown being a I'm good more of color. a blue. I'm more of a blue tone guy. Do they make blue uh, burlap? I don't know. I can dye it blue. I suspect. I don't know. But, in 1984, I'm pretty sure they were all called brown shirts. Ooh, good point. Just that, saying. Nice face too. Good point. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, nice to know I can get her to laugh on such a serious topic, folks. Yeah. Look, we don't want to preach. We don't want to. Yeah. Um, we, no, we, I do. We, we, we I want, definitely well, want to Well, you preach. might. <laughs> what we're really saying, look, when you look at the education system, when you look at the fact they don't want parents to know what's going on in schools, when you look at the money, by the way, folks, you want to yeah. know what's going on? Follow the money. When Every you look time. at all the money that the teachers unions take in and then funnel to politicians who do nothing but make sure that they still get more money and they don't want you to have anything to do with education because they know better than you do, right? That, mm -hmm. that, that's that whole division, elitism, intolerance. Yep. Because what we're talking about, and, and really, the culture war is about wokeism. And anyone who doesn't understand that wokeism is a new religion and an intolerant one 
has clearly not been paying attention. I don't care whether it's social justice warriors or Black Lives Matter or any other of those organizations. They're all rowing the boat in the same direction. And it basically is they know better than you do or we do. And it's about individual liberties and freedom. It's about personal responsibility because that's the other thing in, in, in all of this. We are creating a society of victims. Yeah. Because now they're going to tell you what's not only what's wrong, but who to blame for it. And it's, um, if you happen to notice, it's never the person behaving in a certain way that is the cause of their own upset or frustration. No, it's somebody else. It's, it's, every, it's never your fault. It's always someone else's fault. See, now I grew up, everything was always my fault. I mean, that's, you know, there's a, you know, you and I grew up in, in religious circumstances, right? Where people were religious and you are told that you're a certain kind of thing and this is how it's going to be. And God is like this and you are like this. And, and I think there's, there's a place for that, right? There is a comfort in knowing that I suck and am not good enough <laughs> on my own and that I need a savior, right? And that in that, I, but, but in that, it doesn't relieve me of responsibility for the behavior. It just means you are responsible for your behavior and there is something out there that loves you enough and accepts you for who you are, but also knows that you're flawed and that you need to fix those flaws. Are you saying I'm flawed? Yes, Absolutely. Boy, that's such harsh medicine for me. I know. You know, I mean, you know how delicate my ego is, right? You are, you I are handsome. Folks, I have, oh. You are stunning and brave. As long as I'm stunning. <laughs> as long as I'm not pretty, it's okay. I don't want to be pretty. <laughs> handsome, handsome I'll take. Look, folks, we're getting a little far afield here. Yeah, I, I want to come back to what we've talked about, which is basically government censorship. That's right. Right? This is, if you're a movie buff, this is, um, what, was, what was the movie? Um, it was The Running Man. Oh, and the Bakersfield massacre, where the government—that was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Richard Dawson. Yep. Um, the government changed the video to show something that wasn't reality. Well, now the government is changing the internet so that you only get to see what they want you to see. If that's not government control and that's not censorship to a level which I guess most people either didn't know it or are okay with it or are too busy living their lives as you should be. And they don't really. One of the things that is is incredibly insidious about everything that's gone on the last few years is how much of it is to pull society apart is to pull us away from Divide each other conquer. so that we think we're the only ones okay so if they can if they can censor this information on twitter if like one of our clips got taken down a couple days ago for medical misinformation even right. though everything we said was true i've had multiple community guideline strikes on my youtube channel and it's all things that are true, but they don't want you to know. It's why they got rid of the dislike button on YouTube. They want you to think that you are alone in the world. And they, they don't want you to see other people saying your opinions. They don't want you to see other people having had um, uh, things I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say on the radio anymore. We should always bleep you out. But, you know, it, like I have I have tons of friends who had um, I'm trying to think of how I can say this and make sure we don't get in trouble who have had um, 
unfortunate circumstances as a result of a medical intervention that has recently been forced upon the, on the public. But if they talk about it on their social media, like Twitter, they're taken down, they're giving community guideline strikes. They don't want you to know that there are other people out there like you. And that is one of the scariest things about this censorship to me. They want all the red dots to think that they're living in blue ponds and there's no one else out there but you. We're going to help you try to connect the dots in this episode and other episodes moving, for, moving forward and all this. But just understand, they're censoring what you hear and they're censoring what you see. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because they're not just censoring you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At this point, the government has their tentacles into all of this. And this goes back to the Donald Trump. That, that's the threat of Donald Trump. Look, mm-hmm. if Donald Trump is the nominee, I will, support, I will support him. But if someone else is the nominee, I'll support them too. I mean, that's, I mean, look, you want friends in politics, folks, buy a dog, right? <laughs> that's just the way it works, okay? And we'll probably have 16 people in the Republican primary, and that's healthy. We want healthy debate. We want disagreement. We want choices. Yes. What we don't want, what I don't want, what we can't afford, is for the government to control what we hear and what we see. Because you know what? If they're doing that, then they're no better than China, Mm. who controls what their people can hear, who controls what their people can see. And if you want a Chinese form of government, do nothing. I mean, because we're close to it now, as proven by that article, which is irrefutable. What say you? I think that's in a, closing. No, I think that's a really good point, Robert. The question is, what would set us apart at this point? We're sitting here thinking we're all high and mighty as America. Oh, we got a constitution. Oh, we got separation of powers. Oh, we got what? Which is being eroded. But when when the Fed is outside of government control. They're tanking our dollar. They're, you know, all of this crazy stuff is happening. It's all a coincidence. How? The fact that it's happening at the same time is just a coincidence. And if you believe that, there's a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. <laughs> it's old, That's, made of wood, but in really good condition. But really, like what, how are we better at this point? We're like, not. We're clearly not. That's the Banana Republic thing. That's the Banana Republic thing. When Ben Franklin left the Constitutional Convention, we're going to end on this note because we're going to have to go to our sponsors, but when Ben Franklin left the Constitutional Congress in 1787 in Philadelphia, Mm. I believe it was the mayor's wife, as the story goes, I certainly wasn't there. He came up, she came up to him and said, Mr. Franklin, what have you given us? Mm. His response was a republic, madam, if you can keep it. And the real question is, is can we keep the American Republic? And that ground zero for that, ladies and gentlemen, is free speech and free flow of information, certainly unfettered by the government. That's right. And on that note, thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. We have to go make some money with our sponsors. We will be right back. Are you tired of seeing your rights stripped away by the politicians in Washington who don't care about you or me? Do you feel like you're a red dot alone in a sea of blue, disconnected? Well, it's time to get connected. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is fighting back to defend American exceptionalism. Go to asicfund.org to learn more and get connected. That's A-C-E-K-F-U-N-D dot O-R-G. Do it now. 
Hello. Welcome back to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin. And I am Erica Reddick. And we're back for another segment of news, politics. And a large dose of irreverence. Yeah, the irreverence is the best part, don't you think? It's necessary. It is, you know, because there's so much going on. If you don't laugh, sometimes you cry. Literally. Literally. In fact. Literally. So we've covered... I'm a big crybaby, Robert. I don't know if you know that about me. Uh, I'm learning. Um, can we keep the tears elsewhere? You know, I'm not I really... Mean, you know what it is when a woman cries? Yeah. Guys are no good. Yeah. I, I realize that's probably sexist or misogynist or some other no, gist that I don't know. Thing. It's a, But we're not really good when women cry. No. No. That's we don't, we don't know what to do. We're not good to... We don't listen well, mm. and we're not good when women cry. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for a future time when I need to manipulate you. And we don't like being manipulated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking, speaking of, of being wait, manipulated, manipulated. What a good segue. Did you know we were going to do you that? Know, I, you know, so, I'm, I'm looking out for you, Robert. So, so, folks, we started with the Trump indictment and the egregious precedent it sets uh, and and hurtling us headlong towards a banana republic. We talked a little bit about mm -hmm. Twitter and the government censoring, cen mm -hmm. censoring what you hear. That's right, how the media but I, is But I want to go right into the belly of the beast. Mm. I want to talk about diversity, equity. And inclusion, and inclusion, inclusion. So from my perspective, it's pretty simple. What they really mean, as I said last section, when, when you hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, they're talking about division, dividing us. Mm -hmm. They're talking about elitism because mm -hmm. they know better. That's right. And they're talking about intolerance to anyone who does not toe the party line That's right. or subscribe to the new religion of wokeism. That's right. So, and then you will be canceled. But I want to bring this back because I'm trying to think. So we've become so polarized because either you are for diversity, equity, or inclusion, or you are against it. Against it. Against it works, yep. at least for me. But I'm trying to think, because you know, I read this article, I do read occasionally, see spot run, run spot run, see spot catch the ball. Um, there now is an article where there is not only politicization or polarization, easier mm -hmm. for me to say, yeah. at the college level, people are now choosing their colleges according to their the politics. And wow. if we're not divided enough, because I'm sick and tired of the, the politicians dividing us into little boxes mm. and pitting us against each other. But if we're now, if it's now permeated to the level that people are choosing their colleges based on red or blue or their politics, where do we go from here? I'm, well, you know what's interesting to hear? I picked my college based on the value of the education and how many graduates with my degree actually get jobs. So I went to Champlain College in Burlington for accounting. Great college. One of the best accounting programs in the Northeast. Not At the time, I think it was a 99% placement rate or something. It was like at least 97% placement rate. So I knew not only was I gonna get a quality education at a price I could afford, though it's not affordable now, then it was, um, I knew I was going to get a job. I knew I was going to get a quality education that would make me marketable. Well, that raises a question. Do people actually go to college now to get a job? Because if you're going to college to get a job, then I would assume that you would want to make sure that the 
that there's competition, mm. because let's be clear, that job you're gonna apply for, so are 100 other people. And who are they gonna pick? I guess now, look, we don't do test scores anymore in a lot of the colleges, so they don't take SATs That's right. or the ACT test because those are racist. Well, we're, we're, depending, we're, right, we're on, all, the, on the state, on the state university system, some still are. But again, the red states are. Right. The University of California system, some of the blue states, Illinois, New York, are all moving away from that, Yeah. right? So I'm not sure people go to college to get a job. But let's, let's stay with the polarization, okay. though, okay. Because, because tell me, if you can, all right. tell me, is where has this red-blue divide not permeated something in this culture, something in this country? Because, mm. folks, it's permeating everything. And if the, we have any hope of bringing this country back together, then polarizing higher education, the future leaders of the country, right? Because you can't be a leader of this country if you don't go to higher education. Another myth and a canard, but that's a different issue. But, Erica... Is there an aspect of society, education or otherwise, that is not now polarized and that hasn't permeated everything? No, and that I think is a, is a real problem. It's 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 in education, it's in sports, it's in right. entertainment. The the avenues, the things it's that we news. used to do, the things that we used to do together as a culture, as a society that brought us together, where we could set aside our differences. Right. Sports, education, entertainment. It is in everything. Dating. I hear and I read articles the in the in the youth that are dating. Yeah. Uh, I'm an old married guy, right? Different. Yeah. But 20s, 30s, people who are saying they are now picking their who to date based on their politics. Absolutely. In people's profiles. They're saying that they, they even have divided uh, dating apps. Oh God, I do not remember the names of them. We're uh, well, we're not plugging any. We're of them, not plugging okay. any of them. But the point is, there's now a liberal dating app and a conservative dating app. You've got uh, conservativetherapist.com. You've got. I mean, we're literally creating a dual economy. Um, right, left, and going back to education, right? And I agree with you. So, the other problem I have with this, okay, so. We're also dumbing down the system. Mm. University or even high school was supposed to challenge you um, intellectually. It was supposed to help you learn how to think. It wasn't so much what you thought that was important. It was teaching you how to think. Right. It was teaching you how to analyze things. It was teaching you how to compete in the world because isn't that what education... So now education is about turning out a product or student, mm -hmm. right, that thinks in a certain way. Yes. And believe certain things, which to me is proselytizing, right? Ooh. Ooh, religion. Ooh. Isn't that proselytizing? I mean. So we only want, because higher education used to be this cauldron of ideas. Yeah. Where you would want to have vigorous debate and disagreement, which was supposed to be good. Now, if we disagree, we're going to go our own ways. You're going to the blue colleges, mm. you're going to the red colleges, and you're going to be in this echo chamber. It's bad enough to be in an echo chamber of news where you only listen to news that reinforces what you think. Now you're going to be in an echo chamber of higher education that is only going to teach you things that are going to further reinforce the great divide. Wow. I'm about America. I'm about this country, and I'm about trying to find the things we agree on to bring back the cohesion in this country to the fundamental principles of liberty, individual liberties, 
personal responsibility, and those things, and we can talk about this whole victimization, we're all victims now. We're all mm -hmm. racist and we're all victims, but, mm -hmm. and now we're doing away with meritocracy at the college level. Yeah, that's racist. Well, no, the country's racist, so therefore normal racism is no longer racism because it's overshadowed by systemic racism, and if you think I know what the hell I'm talking about, I have no idea. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, they say, they say that meritocracy is racist. They say that showing up on time is racist, being punctual, having grades. Grades are racist, because, apparently. Which is what you're learning at the blue colleges, because I know you're not learning that and at the red colleges. Absolutely not. And I just, it always makes me wonder when I hear this stuff, if the people sharing these ideas, sharing these beliefs, realize that they're actually the ones who are racist. A, a meritocracy is the foundation of Western civilization. We moved away from, we at least we were supposed to be, moving away from having royalty, kings. The kings and queens or whatever, dictators, decide where you go, what you hear, who you can be friends with, and all of this other stuff. What, was, what we replaced that with was a meritocracy, giving people the freedom to rise and fall based on their own level of willingness to work, their willingness to sacrifice, and their ability to utilize the gifts and talents given to them at birth. You wanna to know to me where the rubber hits the road? Mm. So, so let's take Bill, make up a name. Okay, so, so Bill goes to guy. college to be an engineer. Okay. Bill is not the best engineer, but Bill is either the right race or he's the right uh, religion or he's the right political persuasion, whatever he is. So he gets this job, not because as an engineer to build this bridge, not because he's the best guy, but because he meets this certain check the box, diversity, equity, and inclusion box of he's the right guy. Right. I don't want to drive over that bridge. Not really. The guy that builds that bridge, I want the best engineer with at the from the best school with the best design that is going to be structurally sound to build that bridge. If we don't want that guy or woman, whoever it ends up being, right? Um, what have we become? Because if it is hard enough to be human, it is hard enough to be a, a human being, if we're not striving to be the best that we can, right? And we can bring this into religious, into religion, right? Yeah. You know, we're striving to be in God, like in God's image, right? You right. want to be the best you can be, right? And and competition is okay, it's good as long as you are not a quote unquote good loser, right? And I say mm. good loser because there's no such thing as a good loser. You should also not, by the way, be a bad winner. But in life, there are only winners and losers, and how you handle losing is supposed to make you better. Mm. Now losing just makes you a victim yeah. and tells you who to blame for it. And then right? you become virtuous for that. And you become, but that's what the, we go back to college, that's the red and the blue divide, or I guess this is my right, this would be red, and that would be blue, but you get the idea. So yeah. I'm trying to understand some place that this red-blue divide is not permeated. I mean, we are moving so far apart as a country 
Right? You know, you talked about aristocracy or royalty. This country, ladies and gentlemen, was founded on a common set of beliefs. It wasn't a a common ethnicity. It wasn't a common caste. It Culture. wasn't it wasn't an aristocracy. It, right. It was founded on a common set of beliefs, and those beliefs are only two things. And if you listen to the first segment of this show or the second segment of the show, this will not come as a surprise to you. Individual liberties and personal responsibility. You're supposed to, oh, and the third, by the way, the fine print, is you're supposed to look out for your neighbor. Not as not as your brother's keeper, but as a sense of community. That's right. Because we, what's the expression? We, we didn't all come over on the same ship, but we're all in the same boat. Oh, I right? like that. Right? I mean, yep. that's what this is, we're supposed to focus on what we have in common, and now we're focusing on what what divides us. And I, what's, in a college. What's so important about what you just said is that if we actually behaved that way, it would solve the problems that the left says that we have. That okay? they perpetuate. So, yep. So, I want here's when we hear words like systemic, right? I think people like you and I automatically dismiss those things because at this point, the rhetoric is so outrageous, and the stuff that they say is wild, and unfortunately it gets in the way of discussing areas of, of life or American culture where there are legitimate issues, where black people really are being kept out. I, you know, I talk all the time, or people have probably heard me talk about my husband being in Hollywood. He is a film person. Uh, he is a dark-skinned black man. And for years, the only gigs his agent sent him were thug number one or drug dealer number two. There are legitimate problems, but when we stop focusing on what actually matters in the areas where it is actually happening, and we say things like being punctual is systemic racism. Wait, wait, math. Math. Math is racist. I mean, we. So two and two doesn't equal four. So their their nonsense actually is, nonsense. distracts from the ability to talk about the areas of American life that can still use improvement. But this idea that it's the meritocracy that is the problem, when that is in fact why we had Black Wall Street, Black millionaires, we had Black people uh, in Congress immediately outside of slavery. They themselves are actually dragging black people back down into Jim Crow. Because they want to. Because it's intentional. Sorry. It makes me so mad, Robert. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you, but, but there's a reason and there's a, a purpose here. Yeah. The purpose is to keep America divided. Divided. Divide, if you divide elite, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion, folks. Repeat after me. Division. Diversity means division. Equity means elitism. They, who, they're going to pick the winners and losers. And I guarantee you, it's not going to be anybody listening to this program. Mm. And inclusion is its opposite. It's intolerance. intolerance. It's intolerance. That's what they're preaching and that's what they're selling. So the next time you hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, division, elitism, intolerance, and intolerance. And it's the intolerance because... They don't, look, we want a vigorous debate. That's the other thing. You're supposed to debate at university. You're supposed to debate in public. They have used political correctness to silence any debate because they can't. 
win the debate. So therefore, like all true religion, and folks, if you don't understand that wokeism is a new religion in the mold of fascism and socialism, wake up, cause it is. They wanna silence debate because it's all about faith, mm. it's all about feeling, not facts, and they cannot win the debate if it's an honest, open debate in the public square. So what do they do? They get rid of debate by political correctness and accusing people of microaggressions, of, of safe spaces where you can't be challenged, and, and, by in, and by making a victim culture that says, here's who to blame for it, yep. and it's their responsibility, and, and I'll give you another one. Yeah. So you want to know the difference between the difference between justice and liberty? Okay. They want justice, right? Social justice warrior. Right. They want justice. Justice is always rear facing. It's always trying to right or wrong. Liberty is always forward facing. And liberty has to tolerate some injustice, a little bit. Life isn't perfect. People aren't perfect. I know I'm not. I know you are. Uh, well, close. You're close. You're really close. But I know I'm not, right? Justice is rear-facing. Wow, I never thought about it that Liberty way. Liberty is forward-facing and has to endure a little injustice along the way. But don't forget, it's supposed to make you better. It's supposed to be, by the way, in, since we're going into definitions or you know the world according to Robert, which <laughs> is there any other world other than no, the world according to Robert? No, there's not. Right? So... The other thing is the difference between an, a child and an adult is a child says, you're to blame for all my problems. As an adult, aren't we supposed to all at some point say, regardless of all the things that my parents did to me or life mm -hmm. did to me or this one did to me, is this is who I am and going forward, I take responsibility for who I am. To me, that is the definition of an adult to me, that is the definition of liberty because yeah. you are proclaiming your liberty. Am I talking over you? No, no, I'm just, I'm really, I, I'm, I. Because you're unusually quiet, which I, is so not like you. My, you know, honestly, I'm just really kind of taking in a lot of this stuff and, and really thinking about, you know, when we say, what is this for? What are universities for? What are we doing? Why does this matter? What is the purpose? You know, I guess just really digging in and thinking about all this stuff is, is it, it's one of those times where I get even more worried for my country. And in, in listening to you the way be. you were describing things, there's, um, there's this book that I read, uh, and it's not the Bible, uh, but the other book, and it's it says, um, I'm a producer of confusion uh, rather than harmony. Um, ha and most of all, the, this, the question that changed my life was, where did you set the ball rolling and place yourself in a position to be harmed? Because even right. when I am a victim of something, the question is, how did I contribute to that? How did I put myself in a position to be harmed? Because I got to figure out what I did to make sure that never happens again. And it doesn't excuse the injustice. It actually gives me my power back. And that is a message I would like for university students to hear. And they don't want to empower their students they want to teach them what to think, not how to think. That's right. It's not about empowerment. It's quite the opposite. It's about taking power. 
I would love to go on with this. Oh, this I is, am just. This is a fascinating I'm topic. I'm fired up. Um, clearly. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to Of the People with Robert Chernin and Erica Reddick. And we are done for today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you join us again. And we hope that we entertained, we informed, news, politics, and irreverence. Total irreverence. Have a good day, everybody. Take care.